You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Aftermath Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Tenpenny, joined with my co-host, CJ Jones. CJ, how's it going, my dude? Victory Monday, coming off of Victory Friday. I'm feeling great, Chris. How you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm doing good. And yeah, we're not going to spend too much time like we normally do on the game last week. But I know you were there. I know you were in person getting to watch it. Just real quick, give us a quick run. How, how was Arrowhead? How was the game? There? The energy was amazing. The crowd was electric. You know, Tony Gonzalez was in the building. I ran by him. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Jeff Bezos was in the building. Shout out to Anderson Pack. He performed for the Hunt family, I heard as well. So, it was a very, very, very great experience. If anyone went to that game, they could attest to it as well. It was an amazing game, amazing atmosphere. As always, what you expect from Arrowhead crowd. And we did kind of nail it, you know, not to toot our own horns and talking about the game. We said that it wasn't going to be as high scoring as people yep, thought. We did call it. Yep. There are going to be some short under routes on both offenses. And uh, we did call it on the money. I, I, I got to say, I said 27 24. That was my hey, score prediction. Hey, you're right, buddy. Ding, ding, so, ding, ding, ding. so you are the I mean, that doesn't happen often. We can we'll do this the rest of the season. Doubt it happens again. So I have to. Hey, you, you got know, one for the year, buddy. I, I had to take my moment while while it happened. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Take your take your victory lap, buddy. Take your victory lap. It's all you. <laughs> oh man! But real quick, how big was that though? Too like to get two and zero. Raiders are now zero two. The Broncos are one on one. Look like a mess. The Chargers are legit. You know, probably should have won that ball game if they were better coached. But uh, Chiefs on top two and zero. I mean, that's just huge heading into Week Three. Absolutely. You can't be mad about a 2-0 start because there's a lot of other teams in the league that will be, be grateful to be 2-0 or even 1-1 at this point. So right. games aren't perfect. Obviously, you know, the first four games of the year are usually pretty sloppy. You usually start seeing mm-hmm. consistent play around like October after week four. So the fact that we're here 2-0, you had to play a division rival, a top 10 team on a short week, and you come out with a dub despite all the odds you had to go against and all the injuries and things, not guys being available week two, and you figured out a way to get a win. So even when your offense didn't have their best day, Spagnuolo and that defense stepped up. So I don't think you can ask for too much more from that team, honestly, Chris. Right. No, perfect. You can't ask for a better start. You're going to have some ugly games. It's can you win those, and the Chiefs did. Exactly. And speaking of ugly, though, the Chiefs are moving on week three, going to the team that's had an ugly start, and the Colts, who are one and one with an, coming off an embarrassing loss. To the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I definitely they did call a tie week one. I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see them tying the Texans. I didn't see them, even though apparently that's like their seventh straight loss in Jacksonville or Bro, something. They can't they, win down there. I, I like, that, I'm, I'm going to the Colts game on Sunday, and my friend is a Colts fan. They can't win in Jacksonville. I don't know why. Wait, you're going out to Indy? Yeah, I'm going out to Indy. I'll be there on Sunday. I'll be there on Saturday. So I'm going to get all the content that, I can for the fans. So. That is awesome, man. That's going to be exciting, bro. Yeah, but how how is this team – not won a game yet no with, that's crazy to me i mean is it it almost feels like when as chiefs fans we know the gauntlet of the schedule we know that the bucks are coming up we know monday night against the the raiders and then the the bills and then going to san fran with jimmy g which actually makes them a little scarier for the chiefs in my opinion is this a game that or are we worried at all the chiefs may be doing a little overlooking just because you know of how not because they 
don't think the Colts are a quality opponent, but because of what's coming up afterwards. No, absolutely. Like we said, our schedule is a gauntlet, man. So you don't want to overlook anyone. And obviously, this was one of the games I had circled on my schedule because of one of the issues we had last year was stopping the run via the game we played Tennessee. And Derrick Henry had a crazy day on us that day. Now we get Jonathan Taylor, the guy who led the league in rushing last year. So we have to go into their building and try to stop them. So I'm super excited for this matchup. I wouldn't overlook them. I know I'm definitely not because that's right. a team where they come off a bad loss in Jacksonville and then they get a lot of guys back this week. Like I think Michael Pittman is supposed to be cleared. Darius Leonard or Shaq Leonard, my apology, is supposed to play this week. Um, right. I know Jonathan Taylor should be ready to roll. So they get all their guys back. They're going to be juiced up. They're looking for a win. Like you said, they're desperate. There's nothing more dangerous than a desperate football team. So, And it's their home opener too, right? They yep, they're home opener, yep. And so like there's going to be a whole other energy. Absolutely. Matt Ryan, you know, say what you will. Matt Ryan, I think, gets a lot of disrespect. He's an MVP winner. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. We can have that discussion at a later time. But like <laughs> – He's looked bad in two games. I don't expect Absolutely. that to continue. I expect him to kind of, you know, get his feet under him again, playing at home in front of the Indianapolis crowd for the first time. It's going to be a dogfight again. Don't don't let Absolutely. the record, don't let the initial stats fool you, Chiefs Kingdom. This Colts team is very talented with a very professional quarterback, head coach, weapons Absolutely. on the side, especially with Pittman playing. Chiefs defense, especially, are going to have to bring their A game. But let's just jump into talking about the defense because I think they've played tremendous through two weeks. I know people Absolutely. are talking hit or miss in the first half against the Chargers, but even then I thought they played well. What have you taken on the defense, Ben? Hey, outside of that last minute garbage time touchdown at Palmer at the end of the game, they only gave up 17 points. So if I'm looking at the Chargers, I'm looking at that Chargers offense. I know they didn't have Keenan Allen, but that's still a top five, top 10 quarterback in Justin Herbert. Mike Williams always goes off against us. I don't know why. They have a great offensive line play. They have good running backs, good guys to get the ball to. And they, we figured out to hold them to under 20 points. If you would have told me that going into the game, that the Chargers would be going into the fourth quarter, into the last six minutes, they would only have 17 points, I would be ecstatic. Because that means our defense played amazing. So going into a game like that, and it's a division opponent who knows you well. So I can't ask much from what Spags has done with his defense. And he has a lot of guys that obviously are still getting used to his defenses. And we know, like Juan and Justin have said, it takes a while to get used to this defense, along with the terminology and chemistry. Trim McDuffie not being there and a lot of turnover. For us to go in there and put on a performance like that, that speaks volumes. Give the game ball to Spags for me. If I'm giving the game ball, I definitely go to Spags in that defense. Yeah, no, they've played, they've been great. And again, even like even when they were playing bad, it was like a couple missed tackles, oh. which happens, which happens all the time. Rashad mm-hmm. Fitton gave up a bad PI, but Mike Williams caught that ball anyway. So who cares? And then Mike Williams made a couple other mm-hmm. tremendous catches. Like when you're really looking at like bad defensive plays throughout that game, the there wasn't like even the throw when Herbert was injured and looked, you know, out of it. The throw, the incredible he threw, throw he made. On the dime, uh, yeah. Steed was right there. Great coverage. Like, right that's on, all you right have. You're going to get beat as a defense sometimes, you know. Like, it's we're, we're not players. in. Right, right. Like, all I ask is your right position. You're getting after the quarterback. The exactly. D line, especially, that was such a huge Let's question go, mark Chris. coming go. into the season. Two weeks in. The depth look like we see Chris Jones is still that guy. Clearly, you still have a star on the defensive line. You're gonna have a star on that defensive line regardless. But the fact that the other six guys around him, you know, Naughty's doing his thing, clogging it up. Karloftis, Dana, Frank, and Dunlap are getting after the quarterback. You know, they're all being productive players rotating. When you go six, seven deep guys of with one star and another, you know, productive player, there's no let up in the third and fourth quarter. Those those guys are gonna get tired. Not the exactly. D line. 
not the D line. They're gonna be getting after. And that's why I've loved so far. I had to get I had to get that off because like no, go on your rant, bro. We've been we've been talking about it all summer. Get your right, right. That's been my biggest. That's been my biggest. uh, You know, you know, out of the whole team, even the offense and kind of the new weapons, everything. The whole team. My most thing I'm most excited about two weeks in is how well that defensive line is playing. No, absolutely. I've been we've been saying it all summer. Like, what we're gonna do with the D line? So we added depth. We had a guy that are stepping up this year. Mike Dana made a big improvement from last year. Tershawn Warden made a big improvement from last year. Chris back to his natural position. We added Carlos Dunlap to help make George's job easier, to make Frank's job easier. And honestly, I don't think we're done. We can maybe add another body before the trade deadline. You never know. There's going to be guys that are going to be looking to be on championship contenders like us in Kansas City. So, like I said, I, I've always, you know, I've been screaming this for the, for years, man. I'll take a great pass rush over a great secondary every any day of the week. When you have a great pass rusher, they can just wreck a whole game plan. And you saw that all across Sunday, across all these other offensive lines that have been struggling. So when you have a great pass rush, it just makes everyone's job that much easier. So I'm super, super, super excited what our D-line has done so far. Yeah, it's been great. And, again, I'm going to keep hyping up Dunlap because he's kind of been my guy these last hey, few weeks. doing it, man. He's on a pitch count, but it's working, though. <laughs> he's on a pitch count, but he makes his – like, I think he only played 13 snaps. But he makes um, it count. Uh, but yeah, he's on, or he played 13 snaps in week one. He did, it looks like 26. So he played a little bit more against the Chargers than I thought. But he's still like, that's still only 40% of the snaps, and he and he pops when he's on the field. So exactly. if you're in your 30s and you're just a guy that we signed to, to pop, you know, make a few plays and he's doing that, I'm going to hype that up as long as I'm I can. I'm not mad about it at all, buddy. We do need to jump. We're not going to spend too much time on it, but we do need to jump to linebackers. Real quick, they played well in its starters, but uh, breaking news Monday. This podcast coming out Tuesday, but it has been announced already. Willie Gay has been suspended four games. Uh, he's not going to appeal it for domestic violence. Uh, Calling collusion. <laughs> he busted up a vacuum cleaner. How we we can talk? We don't need to talk about the suspension and and why it came in week two. There's there's a lot of things that we, we could talk to that maybe you and I aren't. Aren't the people? Aren't the guys that people are going to come we're to? Not, we're not. We're not lawyers and yeah, right, right. But we're not the guys. Come to about only football. What? How is this going to impact the Chiefs, though, from a position standpoint? Losing Willie Gay for four games, and we just mentioned the four. You know that the teams are playing coming up. I know, right? No, it's it's definitely a big loss. You don't want to see one of your starters go down for any length of time, especially in this gone level AFC and this gone level schedule we have. Uh, more specifically, this week, week three, going on the road in Indianapolis. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough game, man, because we know Indianapolis has a great offensive line. I know they've been struggling in certain areas, but Quentin Nelson's still an all-pro, arguably the best guard in football, maybe one of the best offensive linemen in football, period. Um, they have a running back in Jonathan Taylor who's been kind of struggling the first two weeks of the season. So, you know, he's going to – like you said, it's their home opener. They're going to be juiced up. They're a desperate football team, man. They're going to be trying to get a win. So the Colts love to run the football. They love to get under center. They want to get Jonathan Taylor going and play action off of him. So – it's going to be a big, big Chris Jones, going to be a big Nick Bolton. And unfortunately, it was going to be a big Willie Gay week because they're going to get a lot of opportunities to come stuff the hold and try to make plays in the backfield, get a lot of TFL. So uh, from an X's and O's standpoint, I would think this would probably mean Leo Chanel gets a lot more snaps this week. Elijah Lee probably gets called up off practice squad and gets a lot more snaps this week as well. So we're going to have to do a lot. And, and naturally, even before the Willie Gay announcement came out, I was thinking, and I don't know, Chris, you could probably give your own points. I was thinking we were going to load the box regardless and put more like seven, eight-man boxes and make them beat us outside because outside of Michael Pittman, who I know has been dealing with an injury, nobody in the receiving court really like gives, puts it in fear in my heart. I watched the Jacksonville game, and obviously, unfortunately, they got shut out. But given credit where credit is due, their receiving court is not that talented in my eyes outside of Michael Pittman. So Alec Pierce, their rookie, didn't play due to injury. Paris Campbell, one of their journeymen, has been kind of 
trying to get going. He really didn't get too much going in that game as well. So if we really can float the box and really just key in on Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines is going to get a lot of touches for them as well. If we can really load the box and make them keep them in second and long and third and long and behind the sticks, I think our defense will be in a great position to win, even without Willie Gay, one of our best tackles. Yeah, and see, I mean, those are all good points. I'm just coming from that the other angle. I don't think it hurts as much in the run game because, A, we already know Nick Bolton's an animal. And we know, based on everything we've seen and heard, is that Leo Chanel loves to get after in the run game. His pass coverage Absolutely. and everything else has been shaky. So I don't have an issue with Leo Chanel getting a lot more of those snaps on those rundowns. It's who's going to be out when, you know, second and, and eight, you know, where you're not quite in the dime and, and nickel package. you got those linebackers still in there. Are the, are the Chiefs going to be vulnerable with Leo Chanel or, or uh, Elijah Lee or someone there? Because Willie Gay's great. His athleticism just pops. I know he missed a tackle or two against the Chargers, but he also made some really nice plays. And on the tackles he missed, they were in the like he, he was in position. He read the play and got to use the speed to He's get there. there. So like, so nice. like, that's almost my biggest concern is the pass game. So I'm almost like I'm reverse of you. I think the Colts and the Bills. I'm a little bit more worried about, uh, or a li- li- little less worried about. Excuse me about losing um, uh, Willie Gay because they huh? run the ball. I know. I know. Al Josh Allen can sling a little bit, but as far as, you know, when he's getting out and running and stuff. Um, yeah, no, I, no, I understand. I got you. I got you. Right, right. The Bucks and Raiders, though, because I, I think the Bucks, even though Fournette's going to a lot. Man. Yeah, even though Fournette's kind of had this strong start, they've been playing these tough run. You know, they've been playing the Cowboys and they've been playing the uh, Saints who have these strong mm-hmm. pass defenses. Yeah. So they've been relying on the run a little bit more than I think they will against the Chiefs because Mike Evans will be probably back from his suspension then at that point. Yep. Um, you imagine Godwin's going to be feeling it, and Julio Jones, you know, they're going to miss them. They're going to be back. So I expect the Bucks to sling the rock. Long story short, I'm reversed. I, I think that it hurts the Chiefs a little bit more in the pass game than it does the run. But either way, it is a athletic depth linebacker that the Chiefs are going to be missing through a tough part of the schedule, which is never a good thing. No, absolutely. You don't want to lose a starter, like I said, any length of time because our schedules are gone. man, we got to go to Indianapolis this week. And then we come back home to regroup, and then we're back on the road again, or we're back at home for uh, the Raiders game, and then we're back on the road again for Tampa Bay. So it's a it's it's not an easy schedule at all. And then you say then we got Buffalo a couple weeks after that. So it's no 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 laws in this schedule, man. We we know it was tough before we got into it, and obviously this is why we have we, uh, we praise Andy Reid for having such tra- training camps, right, and mini camps, and trying to get guys ready not only physically but mentally. And uh, I know they they put out the record today. I think Andy Reid only has three losses in September since he's got here. So when you have a record like that, that shows to the guys the preparation they take. Not only they take pride in that as well, right? So taking all that extra time, all those extra film sessions and OTAs and training camp and spring camp, getting guys ready for these moments. If somebody goes down due to injury or via suspension, we don't want it to happen. But we know it's reality, right? The NFL stands not for long. Guys miss games. It's it's kind of it's the inevitable, right? You don't want it to happen, but it's guaranteed to happen. Guys are going to miss games, so. This is why you practice so hard to get guys ready. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Leo does. And I think, just like you said, this is a great matchup for him because they're a physical football team. He loves physicality. This loves is a match made contact. in heaven. So um, the third down is a concern. I would think that would be a, a, a situation where Spags loves, and I know you can talk about this, us going three safeties. I think we see yeah. a lot more Brian Cook this week. Justin Maybe. Reed gets a lot okay. more snaps like he usually does. Juan plays. Yeah. Do we think Brian Cook's in the doghouse, though? Because he didn't get a lot of snaps against the Chargers, but the snaps he, he did really on special- he, he's uh, flying around though. <laughs> no, 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 no. He had two, two personal foul. Two. I know two. one of them was kind of whack, and they said it was like yeah, off that bounds. Right. I was like, I love the aggression, so I'm not. I'm not. You're right. You're right. I'm just saying, like, 
young guy making plays, like regardless if they're warranted or not, sometimes that's an easy way to get the doghouse a little yeah, bit. You yeah. know what I'm so I, I, no. think, I think this week they kind of have to use them now because honestly, if we're gonna play two linebacker sets like we usually do. Yeah, but I can see some three safety sets. So I can see Cook getting in there. If not Cook, maybe you think they maybe throw Deion Bush in there, maybe the veteran, maybe give him some reps as well. So like, you know, one of those guys I expect to play a lot more this week. Mm-hmm. Definitely to make up for those that lost linebacker. Um, and last thing, real quick, is like. There's two position groups that I'm okay with losing a couple of guys on, and it's running back and linebacker. Just We're deep, man. Facts. Just, We're well, deep. not even the depth of it. It's just more of the important importance to winning. Obviously, you know, you want it's a passing league, and you know, it's those guys that are a little bit involved more in, in that kind of stuff affect me exactly. more as far as caring. And so, and I'm very comfortable with the way our D line's been playing. Game. So, yeah, but no, I, I completely agree. If we're getting stops up front and we're getting after the quarterback. And really, if you can load the box and make guys have to beat you outside, it's easier to try to make them beat you inside than it is outside. So if you're telling me that, hey, they're going to run the ball heavy this week, I'm completely fine with putting Leo out there next to Nick. So I love that matchup. Yeah, no, for sure. But let's jump to the off on offensive side because the Chiefs got challenged there. I mean, you got Gilmore back there. You got probably Shaq Leonard playing back. You got some guys. Um, yeah, Kenny, Kenny Moore, Moore, one of the best slot yeah, corners. Yeah, he's getting – what uh, – Ningakwe um, is on yeah, their D-line. They got some guys. Uh, they got some guys. He's like – we could go on and on about the, <laughs> no, Chris Ballard's doing a great job. That's a good roster yeah, over there. Man. Got a hell team. of a roster. What do you expect from this Chiefs offense coming? They just played a hell of a roster, and you know they short week divisional rival, a little bit of a different um, scenario than this week, but still, as far as talent wise, they're very comparable. Um, what do you expect from the Chiefs offense this week heading into Indy? No, absolutely. After what I've watched from the first two weeks from the Indy team, though. They've done a good job of pretty much not letting teams get off on the run too much, but they've kind of allowed some big plays in the passing game at times. Uh, obviously, they're a well-balanced team. Like you said, they got a lot of guys, DeForest Buckner, Stephon Gilmore, um, Kenny Moore, Darius Leonard. They got guys all over the field that can, that can make plays, some all-pro kind of guys as well. So um, I expect them to try to get after us in the pass game because they know they got Yannick Ngakwe and obviously Quiddy Pay, a guy they've expected a lot out of him being in his second year as well. So I'm expecting them to try to you know give us some, give us some crazy looks that we haven't seen before. I know they've done a lot of single high, some more cover three. I know some fans that I've gotten some feedback from in Indianapolis aren't too high on the fact that their D coordinator has um, done a lot of cover three and done single high. So I'm hoping that they do that against us because we know Matt, Pat Mahomes cooks single high. So that's usually a, a defense that is easier to make plays against because when you kind of level out the defense, you can kind of attack them during the scenes and kind of get guys' eyes looking in the wrong direction. Too high is usually the defense that kind of gives you issue because it really forces you to – do things that you don't like to do, which is usually run the ball or throw it short all the time. So when you get single high and a lot more man looks, you can kind of take advantage of those matchups vertically or horizontally, which we know EB loves to design those those shot plays down the field. So I'm, I'm excited to see what the offense does. And like you said, an extra three days for Andy and Bienemy who are cooking up uh, some, some extra plays in the lab. Actually, a uh, funny story, I took my friends out to the stadium on Saturday for a, um, a tour for the stadium, they were in town from L.A. because they wanted to go to the Chargers game because they're Chiefs fans. And they were showing us all the um, practice facility, and we were joking uh-huh. around walking through the stadium with the tour guide. I was like, yeah, Andy's probably in there right now cooking up plays for Indianapolis. They're like, you're probably right. He really is. So Yeah, right. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, and I, I think it's almost like a buy, and we know how, how good Andy does coming off of buys or Absolutely. week one. Absolutely. It's just another situation like that. Trevor Lawrence cooked this defense. I mean, not – Cooked is an aggressive way because he only threw for like 240 yards. But hey, he was shut, 20, up, shut up, Chris. You got to state the facts. He was he was 25 of 30, though. And, and, you know, taking what the defense was giving him, if Trevor Lawrence is able to do that to this defense, 
Jeez. Patrick Mahomes should be able to do that. Again, it depends on the looks. I'm not trying to say like, okay, Trevor Lawrence did this, so Patrick Mahomes should do, <laughs> you know, essentially, but I'm just saying that, you know, if, if, no, if no, young I guys are able to see what the defense is, is playing and be able to take what the defense is giving, which it seemed like Trevor Lawrence was doing, Patrick Mahomes is going to do the same thing like he always Absolutely. does. I think we're going to see, I think, for oddly enough, I think it's going to be another Travis game. It's it's because the, the they don't have the safety to take him out of the game. The Chargers Absolutely. do. The Chargers maybe have the best Travis Kelsey stopper in the league in Derwin James, and so that's why we saw his production Perfect come down. The Colts don't have that guy. I mean, Gilmore used to be when he was at the page with New England. They used to do a lot of that stuff. Remember, they used to put Gilmore in the slot and have Moving him around on. a lot. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think Gilmore is in that position in that state of his career anymore. To where I think he's going to be on the outside with Juju and Marquez. I think this is a Travis game where he eats and they hit him over the middle early and often, and and we'll see how that goes. But I expect the Chiefs to get back to slinging it a little bit more. Um, no, absolutely. I agree efficient. with that. This should be a big week for him. Juju week. I think it's a big Juju week as well. I know he wasn't pretty involved in Thursday. Yeah, he I was a lot more targets for him. So, yeah. The whole offense was just a little off against Chargers, though. And, again, that's a, that's a credit to the Chargers. Credit to them, yeah. To after, after, they spent all that after, money, man. They, they better play well <laughs> after all that money they spent. And, and, you know, we can sit here and talk about, oh, Patrick threw, you know, a couple bad passes. He should have had a couple picks. He didn't. They dropped the ball. You can't do that against good teams. Patrick's going to make I mean, you pay. You make you know, you don't. He doesn't oh, care yeah. who it's open to. I love this has been beat to death. And I know we said we weren't going to talk about the Chargers a lot. I just love how McColl got a little banged up, had to come out for a play. Watson comes on in, gets J.C. Jackson on him, runs McColl's route in, and <laughs> – Burns him for a touch. And like that's what Double this offense move, is. They don't obviously you have your guys. Obviously, Juju and Marquez are the starters for a reason. But the gap between Juju at one and Watson at five is not that big. You know, they, they, any of these guys can step up and run these routes and make these and that's plays. That's what I love about this group, Chris. Anybody can make a play. Right. You know, and even in the running backs, you know, Clyde had some huge plays in the past. He ran over Derwin James after making a catch one time. Trump you know, McKinnon. McKinnon made a play again. You know, Pacheco didn't get a lot of snaps, but he had a nice pass protection against. Even if you look at the like, snap count, Clyde forty four percent, Jeremy McKinnon forty seven percent, Noah Gray forty nine, Miko fifty four, Juju so seventy four, Mark. It's a, it's an even split. Everybody's getting touches. Right, right. Those top guys like Juju, Travis, and Marquez are going to be on the field a little bit more naturally, but it doesn't really matter. And that's what's exciting about this offense is we're still just scraping the surface because exactly. Again, they're they're getting their chemistry. They're getting their you know, even though they spend a lot of time together down and with Pat in the off season, like there's so much more room for this to grow. And they've already looked pretty damn good two weeks in. Exactly, like, we're only Ty two Riku. weeks in. People, Tyreek who? Tyreek who? I have a hard time saying that after what he did to Baltimore, but still, he did have a little game. But Baltimore secondary is kind of just kind of suspect, so I'm not going to give him too much credit. Mm-hmm. No, nah, I'll play. He's a great player, man. He should do what he do. But like you said, man, you can't complain. Hey. We put up 40 points week one. Obs will put up another 20 piece week two. 60 points in two weeks. It's, a, it's, a, it's sounding like a good average to me. So, obviously, you know you want to have good weeks every week, but that's not realistic when I mean, you're going against division teams who spent a lot of money on defense. They added guys like Kyle Van Noy, Sebastian Joseph Day, and obviously J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. We should struggle. Like they, they added all these free agent guys to stop us, to make us struggle. And it's on a short week where you only get a day or two to prepare. So. Uh, I'm not. I, am I surprised that the offense had a bad day? No, but I'm not upset about it either. That's going against a team that they've been really. We they've they've had our number sometimes. They've been trying to beat us, and even th- through all of that, Chris, what do good teams find a way to do? They find a way to win even when they don't play well. 
And that's right. the sign of a championship football team. And that's what I love about this coaching staff. That's what I love about this team. Even when we're not playing our best football, guys pick each other up. So the defense stepped up. Shout out to them. They got the game ball of the week for me. And I expect them to have another good outing this week against the Indianapolis Colts. And what would be some of the points you think, or what would be the biggest matchup that you think that's going to be the key point for this week going into Indianapolis? Biggest matchup for me is really just containing the big plays. Like, can the defensive line not not be too overly aggressive? Because they, they want to get after the quarterback. This is a run-first team, so they're going to have to, you know, read the line, you know, not be too aggressive, keep Jonathan Taylor bottled up, and it all starts at that first line. And then it will let Nick Bolton and Leo Chanel flow to, to Taylor and maybe hopefully keep him too. He's going to get his yards. He's just too good of a player. But that's where it really starts for me. I think the offense is going to do their thing. I think the secondary is going to – is, is going to be pretty well against how the Colts have looked so far. The key to the, the only way the Colts win this game, in my opinion, is if the Chiefs let Jonathan Taylor get loose. And so our D line against their O line is where I'm starting as the key to the game. No, that, that would be my point as well. But just to play devil's advocate, I'll give another point. I would say our, um, I would say our receivers and running backs to continue doing what you're doing. Like they've played well the first two weeks. Um, I think out of all the guys on offense outside of Trav, the obvious one, I would think Clyde has been our best offensive weapon this year. So, and that was a lot of, that was the biggest point we were talking about during this offseason. So I want to see continue Clyde to get going in this offense. I want to see Juju to continue to grow. And I would love to see Sky get involved. Sky didn't get any snaps on offense. So this past week, so maybe this is a week where maybe he gets involved. So maybe they're just waiting to groom him and see if he gets ready to burst him out during the week. You don't expect it. So I would love to see Sky get involved, but just, I just want to see, keep people making plays, seeing, Justin Watson scored a touchdown on a double move. That's very encouraging because Pat's been talking him up all offseason saying, hey, Beach, I don't know where you found this, this kid, but he can run. So when you have speed out there and you can run routes, the enemy and Andy are going to find ways to get you the football. So I just want to see you continue everyone to get more comfortable. Like you said, we're only in week two. We have a lot more room to grow. But just to see you guys continue to make plays, continue to get more comfortable with Pat and just get more in sync because I'm, I'm very excited where this offense is going to be um, five or six weeks from now for sure. Right, right. All right, time to get into the predictions. That hey, as far as a betting goes, you and I are a perfect four for four. We've been killing it. We we you know it's two games, and we always say over under, and are the Chiefs going to cover? No, those are the two things we predict. Both of us said the Chiefs were going to cover and the over week one. That happened. Both of us yep. said the under, and that the Chiefs wouldn't cover the four and a half in week two. And that happened. Just come, so, just come hey, to CJ and Chris Portsbook hey, if you, you want know, to win some money. Like, just come back with us, man. With betting in Kansas, you know, legal now. That's live, <laughs> you know, baby. CJ, CJ just show, he's got his app open right now. He's about to make his bets while we're, we're doing live, this, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We're again. We got to ride this hot streak while it lasts because you know here we're gonna hit a stretch where we're just off every week. But Absolutely. all right, <laughs> here's, right, right. Here's what here's what we got this week. Yeah, over under fifty points. Chiefs favored by six and a half. Where are you leaning? Uh, as far as the six and a half, I think we. Hmm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna take the over on the forty nine and a half. I'm gonna take the over on that. And as far as us covering, hmm, I'm gonna say we cover. I'm gonna, I'm gonna alter. I'm gonna say I was, I was thinking a little that maybe it'd be a little close spread, but after what their offense just did last week in Jacksonville. I'm not feeling too confident about them really um, keeping this game close as much as I'm, I'm going to say Chiefs win 33-23. Okay. Chiefs. All right. Hey, I like it. I think, I I think, like I think it. it'll be close We've to start been, off. I think we separate by the end. 
we've been on the same page every week so far. And I wish I could give the listeners be like, no, the Chiefs are going to win 24 to <laughs> 21. You know, I wish I could say that. I don't think that's how this game's going. I think the Chiefs handle them relatively easily. I, you can't underestimate the Colts because of who's yeah. coaching and who that and that roster and Matt good Ryan. Pedigree, good team. Just, yeah, for sure. It's it's hard to feel very confident, you know, as a Colts fan going and playing the way the Chiefs are. I think Chiefs over, they cover. Give me give me thirty one twenty. I don't think you're sweating too much. Maybe a, maybe it's like seventeen ten at halftime or something. It's like, hey, the Colts are pledged. But I think overall that the Chiefs are going to handle relatively easy and roll on Sunday to get to three and zero before we get to the Bucks, Raiders, Bills, Niners part of the schedule. The greasy part. So, but all right, CJ. Hey, where can the good people find you, my man? Absolutely, you guys can find me on Twitter always at cgz81. That's CJ. E-E-Z-Y-8-1. My DMs are open. Um, if you guys want to talk ball, if you want to talk props, bets, spreads, you want to do fantasy, film talk, I'm always available to talk ball. Dude, same. Same. You can find me on Twitter at 10penny88. Always, always talking sports. Uh, we appreciate the appreciate the fans out there that do listen every week. We're starting to starting to get a few more consistent listeners every week. We're and growing. it's also you guys you know, sharing and, and enjoying our, our, our content. I know CJ does a hell of a job. Um advertising and kind of getting people out there listening so we're trying uh, to do my best man love, best. love love you guys and i uh, really appreciate the support so all right that is going to do it for this week again can't say this enough always appreciate you guys listening we'll talk to you next time cheese <laughs>